waiting. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back in the heart of everything, the heart of the universe. Of course, that's Clarendon, adjacent to the Pacers running store in Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode 235 of Pace the Nation. Alongside me in studio... One co-host, it's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey, I'm interested to hear your take this week on your psyche. Like, how's Chris how Farley's I'm, psyche? I'm okay, I'm Maybe that'll you, become one of the segments. All right, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. We'll get into that. But before we do, let's bring in our other co-host. From somewhere in Arlington, it's Williamie Docs. Docs, what's up? Do you ever blow Julie off at home like that, too? Where, <laughs> where she, she a- like every asks day. you a question, and then you're like... Well, we can get into that, but right now I got to talk to Paul about uh, something. <laughs> yes. No, even this morning, Docs, we were supposed to go to, we were supposed to walk to the Starbucks and the grocery store together this morning. And next thing I know, he's at the Starbucks and he's back. And I was like, I thought we were doing this together. He's like, I got so much to do. Yeah, I got a lot to do. I was do. like, well, that was fun. I'm a busy, important guy, Docs. Yeah, um, so <laughs> I'm, it's pretty typical for me. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't blow her off. I, I do want to. I, I do want to talk about a couple things. Um, my psyche and how things are going, and we'll get into that. But uh, before we do that, uh, Docs, everything going okay over there? How's your psyche? Everything's good? No, or not no, good? No, no, yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, same, same old dark days. Dark days. The weather has turned though. Yeah. Okay. And actually, it's not really dark days because the sun doesn't go down until like. You know, three hours after I've gone to sleep, but so it's very bright days, and 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 the weather has turned, and it's it's really nice outside. All right, well, let's talk about the weather on today's program. As I uh, pivot to the agenda here, let's talk about the weather. We also um, wanted to get into some college running news that Julie, she's our our resident expert on. Uh, That's col- me, the resident expert. <laughs> Well, you're a coach of uh, of a, a big time university, so we're going to talk some college running and what's happening uh, because of the coronavirus happening in college uh, NCAA running. Also, in today's program, uh, we want to talk about. We'll talk more docs. Uh, he had some survivor news to share, and a couple of of of, of other things that uh, we'll talk to William Docs about. Man, we. We must be desperate for <laughs> for content today. <laughs> Always exciting to get an update uh, from William Docs, and I, I want you to play. I want you to go into the wayback machine and and play something for the audience as well. If you if if you would uh, huh? if you would for us, this these surprise agendas are. <laughs> I thought we talked usually, about that. Usually the All surprise right. agenda is good because like it doesn't involve anything for me, but it's it's like pretty docs heavy. Maybe we should have talked about something before the show, but that's fine. Let's Nah, we'll, this we'll, is like this is our source of entertainment these yes. days, docs surprise yeah. agendas. So we'll close the show. <laughs> surprise docs. We'll we'll close the show with that. So you got to stay tuned to that. Oh, but no. uh 
we, we do have an exciting couple of guests today, uh, Michael Bazin and Greg Cass from the Central Park Track Club. They're going to be joining us. Uh, they are runners in the Central Park Track Club. Greg's the president. Michael's on the board. They are continuing to run during this coronavirus pandemic, so we'll get uh, their feedback on how New York City is. And also, we want to talk about an exciting event, Connect the Corridor. Uh, it's a partnership between Pacers Running and Central Park Track Club, a virtual run that uh, Michael and Greg will talk about on today's program. All right, uh, but before we get into Michael and Greg, um, I, I did want to, maybe this is part of my psyche, uh, but I wanted to share something that was uplifting this week, um, and I was excited uh, to do something a little different with the family. Uh, Docs, we bought a tent. Or I bought a tent. Julie didn't realize we were buying a tent. Uh, but I bought a tent. Now I do because he doesn't know how to put it back in the packaging and it's everywhere. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you, you know, during this pandemic, I, I, I want to get the kids outside and exposed to nature. And, uh-huh. you know, it's hard to do. It's hard to go a lot of places with all the parks closed and all that stuff. So I figured, you know what? How about we get a tent, set it up outside and, you know, look at the stars in our backyard. And I thought that would be entertaining for the for the kids. I grew up camping. Docs, you, uh-huh. you, you are a regular camper. Uh, so you appreciate the outdoors and camping. Yeah. Uh, so I got, got the tent and, you know, we set it up in the house first. Right. The kids kind of went in it. They thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. And then we took it outside for the test run. And I was thinking, yeah, these kids might, they might spend the night in the tent and we'll do this all, you know. Uh, this this camping uh, expedition just right outside our house and um, set it up and um, they were in there and I think they were entertained for maybe two, three minutes. Right. I don't know. What do you think, Joy? Yeah, it went from like a romantic idea of like, let's all lay in the tent and read some books together and stare up at the stars. And then you realize there aren't actually stars above us. There's too much light pollution. There's also too many trees above us, which is a good thing, I guess. But James had Paul convinced that there were monsters everywhere. And so Paul was getting really upset. So it was kind of an epic fail, but it was a good start. <laughs> it was. It was, a, it was an epic fail, but a good start. I like that. That's but, true. But you also realized that uh, when you were in the tent, you, you were covered, so you couldn't see the stars either because you had a roof. That's true. That's true. Well, there's sort of a skylight in this tent. It's, that it's I a got. clear. It's clear actually. Yeah. There's an extra lining that you put on that would cover it. But when you just look out, it's it's totally clear. It's pretty yeah, cool. So we didn't have the. So I took the extra lining off when I realized that yes, that uh, wasn't the bear proof lining. <laughs> no, that was the stare at the scar stars Sorry, lining. Yeah. And and then so, uh, um, it it was it's a good idea to. Um, take that that extra lining off and and go to sleep outside these days uh because it's not like it rains every 36 minutes <laughs> i know i think it rained like an hour after we broke it down yeah. too so and and she's right i did break it down and it, now it's like you know taking over the whole basement around the basement so um mm-hmm. we know how good you are at picking up after yourself so i'm a, sure that'll happen idea. sometime it was, soon it was a good idea but we'll see if we get a lot of use out of the tent i think our kids are used to the uh the nice comfy hotels with air conditioning but um yeah you got to break them of that habit you don't want soft children yeah exactly 
Um, so anyway, so that was a, that was an uplifting, uh, for the few minutes that we were out there enjoying the outdoors in the tent, that was an uplifting few minutes. Yeah. Until the monsters came. <laughs> I know. What, All right. What kind of monsters? I don't know. I heard like there was a green monster. Then there was a purple monster is a black monster. There's a lot of colors of monsters for it being dark outside. You know, it sounds like a bunch of Sesame street. I was going to say, purple, yeah, Barney. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like uh, the cookie monster uh, if cookie monster showed up i would be excited if grover showed up i'd be excited well you know something about that docs don't you cookie monster yes well depending on who's listening because because we don't want to spoil anybody's childhood but (laughs) but yes i i did dress up for cookie monster for somebody's third birthday Yes. And, so, and I have uh, to say, it, I, I like hit it out of the park. I was watching videos of Cookie Monster to get the get the accent down and get the mannerisms down. Like I really studied that role and I think I hit it out of the park. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk myself up on that one. We might have to tweet one of those pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going we're, we're gonna to get it. We're going to get into the Wayback Machine with Docs at the end of the program, so you want to stay tuned for that uh, on something totally different than Cookie Monster, but um, something a little something Docs did that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, But before we do that, excited to bring in our next guest from the Central Park Track Club, Michael Bazin and Greg Cass. They join us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julie, we're excited to be joined on the phone from New York City, Michael Basin and Greg Cass. Fellas, how are you? Excellent. Thanks for having us. How are you guys doing? You know what? All things considered, uh, we're doing well. We're doing really well and excited about this event we've got with you guys starting this, uh, this week. Starting, actually, we're recording here today on May 15th. The Connect the Corridor event, a partnership between Pacers Running and Central Park Track Club, has started. Uh, so we're going to get into talking about that. Um, but Greg is the president of the Central Park Track Club, and Michael is a board member of Central Park Track Club. And you guys are up there in New York and running. And I was just talking to you before we started recording about your running and uh, still getting out there, which is awesome. But uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about your running. But before do, doing that, Kind of tell us about, um, you know, tell this DC audience uh, who the Central Park Track Club is. Sure, and thanks again for having us, Chris. Uh, so Central Park Track Club, coming up on our 50th anniversary, uh, we were founded in 1972. Um, we're a club of dedicated recreational is probably the right word, but competitive runners, mm-hmm. um, large diversity across ages, large diversity across events. I would say in any given year these days, we, we're probably running around 500 members, and we have people who focus on the roads, we have people who focus on cross-country, people who focus on track. Um, we've had a number of Olympians over the past few years, so really runs the whole whole range of abilities, levels of, of, of you know, interest, I'll call it, um, and what people focus on. So it's you know, a large part of competitive club, but I think if you ask most members, it's a big part of their social lives as well. So are, now are you guys competitive? Are you guys part of the competitive club? Or are you guys, you know, where do you rank in, in competitiveness on this club? It's a, it's a good question. I think that there's, there's one part of it, which is where I am and a, another part of it where I'd like to be. <laughs> um, 
as of maybe four years ago, I was pretty regularly scoring um, for the men's open team. So there's mm-hmm. a pretty robust uh, club racing series in New York City. It's, it's competitive. There are a lot of races, a lot of distances. And I spent a lot of time racing in that and did that for many years. Um, at this point, we have a lot of very fast young guys yeah. that are, are making me feel about 10 years older than I actually am. Um so I aspire to be back in the upper echelons yep. of our competitive team, but for now I'm I'm more than happy to uh, watch the young guns run fast yeah. and support them as a, it, as a board it, member. It only gets worse, man. It only gets worse. <laughs> so uh, yeah. speaking from experience, um, so so Michael, uh, you know, you and I have been been talking and working together on a, a few different projects here, uh, but but you came to me with this uh, connect the corridor concept, kind of. Talk to me about this concept and what it is and how you, how you came to the idea. Yep, certainly. And, and I appreciate the, um, the opportunity to be on Pace the Nation as a, a fellow listener myself. It's, it's exciting, and, and I can't wait to, uh, to go for a run next week and, and listen to myself talk. Uh, it'll, be inter- it'll be interesting to, to actually hear what I sound like. So, so far, um, so good, dude. You're doing awesome. Ex- yeah. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, before I get into Connect the Corridor, also, I'd like to, to give a, a shout out to my uh, my family and friends down in the D.C. area Love as a D.C. Outs. native. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a as a D.C. native myself, um, you know, super happy to to be able to to link the two uh, the two communities here. And um, kind of the concept that that came together of Connect the Corridor is that we really see what's you know what's happening in everybody's life right now. We want to be able to bring people together. So while we're all social distancing and staying inside to the, to, to the extent that we can and probably rubbing our family the wrong way, <laughs> um, it's important to continue to be as connected to our, our outside friends and family and, and communities and not just people that we, we associate with on a daily basis, but everyone that, that falls into kind of our what we would see as our, our norm. So really bringing together the running community across the different communities is, is critically important to us. And with Center of Our Track Club and our, our sponsorship and partnership with Tracksmith up in Boston and Pacers running down in Washington, D.C., we really saw this as an amazing opportunity to bring together the Northeast Corridor and really align what what makes Central Park Track Club special and in the New York area, what makes Pacers special in the DC area and Tracksmith special in, in the Boston area and really aligning these three communities. I think we're really speaking to what we're all going through that we're all in this together, but we're really looking to, to find the good parts that, that can come out of this. And at the same time, let's, let's all get out there and stay physically fit. And just because we're not able to, to workouts with 20, 30, 40 people right now, it doesn't mean we can't stay, stay fit, do what we love doing and, and, you know, add a little competitive aspect to it as well. And I think the other interesting thing about connect the corridor is that it really brings together multiple different types of competition. And what I mean by that is there's the regional aspect. So it's pitting DC against New York, against Boston and against the rest of the field or, or the America or America. And so for it, that allows every runner that wants to be a part of this race to contribute in some way. You don't need to be the fastest person in the pack. You don't need to be in the middle of the pack. Anything you do is helping your team. And to me, that concept is just, it's so fantastic. And it's, it's actually something I'd really like for us to be able to take outside of after the, the COVID days are over and really figure out how we can get that 
more involved in our day-to-day races as well. So I think it's just such an amazing concept and it really brings everybody together. So that's one pillar of, of what Connect the Quarter race is about. The second quarter, the second pillar is the team competition because we also recognize that like CPTC, there are a lot of other teams out there that are highly competitive and and what drives those runners to get out there and do their best and perform is the team competitive aspect of it. And so it's another opportunity for for at the men's and women's open masters and grandmasters to be able to be competitive. Um, I think Greg and I would love to see CPTC Tracksmith at the top of that. Um, and we're going to go ahead and throw the challenge out there that we'd like to see who can, who can stay up with us. Um, but so in the 5K, 10K, and half marathon, um, we're going to have a team competition at each of those different races. And then the third, the third uh, pillar of the Connect the Quarter race is the individual competition. So again, 5K, 10K, and or half marathon, we're going to have individual winners in first, second, and third place in the open masters and grandmasters categories. And that category itself is, is special and unique as well because you can have the same person that can get out there and run multiple distances and potentially win in multiple distances, which would be exciting. But we'd love to really get some competitive athletes out there that are that are doing their best and demonstrating what they've been doing uh, while they're you know, while they're in in social social distancing. And for those individual winners, we do have some amazing uh, amazing gift cards and prizes as well. I'm super excited that Pacers is is uh, contributing to our winners. Um, and I know that that will, will not only help um, athletes that want to go out and, and purchase goods, but it'll also help and support a local business, which, you know, Central Park Track Club Tracksmith really wants to be able to, to support our local businesses. So super excited that the Pacers team is, is contributing uh, to the prize winners. And then uh, we're also working with two of our other partners, um, Tracksmith up in Boston, who has also contributed uh, gift cards to our winners, and then the feed out in in uh, Boulder, uh, which has also stepped up with uh, with gift cards for our individual winners. So it's it's super exciting the concept, and I'm really excited to just see what the next 17 days brings. So now that I get you guys on the phone here, I, Chris has been talking to Central Park Track Club, you guys for for weeks and weeks mm-hmm. and weeks about this idea and the partnership and all those things, but I can't seem to get the details out of him. Maybe you guys are more detail oriented. Can you tell me more about the actual structure of this, right? So this concept is incredible, you know, mm-hmm. competition between the three cities, uniting the three cities, uh, some rivalry we're going to spark here. But logistically, like, how would you, how would a person sign up for this? How would a person get involved with this? How would they log their, their distances? How does that part of it work? So Julie, I, I know I, lack of communication on my part. Yes, it's very easy. Um, there's a few places you can find it. You can find Central Park Track Club Tracksmith on Instagram and Twitter. It's Central Park TC. Uh, they've got links right there. Uh, and, of course, runpacers.com. We've, we've put out all the links, and it's on uh, our Run Pacers site. Uh, so you go and sign up, and you can log all your runs, as Michael said. Uh, and then you can also run your competition runs. You can log your competition runs, 5K, 10K, half marathon. Sign up, and then we will see who, who and I, I feel like Michael has kind of thrown down the gauntlet. We will see who can run the most mileage. And I'm going to go after the most mileage because I feel like they may have us on the fast part of this uh, 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 event. But 
who can run the most mileage, about 430-some-odd miles uh, from D.C. to Boston. And we're hoping, I I think, that the D.C. community can run it three times. I think we can go there, back, and, and finish in Boston. Uh, and well, we be- just need to get Michael Wardian to sign up, <laughs> and then we'll be good to go. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Secret backdoor weapon we've got yeah. here right in Arlington. So we'll, we'll send out all the links. We'll tweet those out at Pace the Nation. Central Park Track Club sent it out. We've sent it out at Run Pacers. So we're going to put it out everywhere. Go sign up. Uh, $10 entry fee. And there's a, there's a charity involved as, as well, right, Greg? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, part of the proceeds, and we're also accepting additional donations to an organization called First Book. So it's a nonprofit that um, essentially supports low-income communities with books and other educational resources. Um, you know, there, there's no shortage of causes to support these days. Obviously, this, this virus has affected many people, many communities, many industries. And so we're, we're definitely not trying to belittle anyone that that needs help these days but one of the big things we were looking for was an organization that um, ran through all the different communities that we're trying to touch with this race and so we did some research and you know i think the other piece that many of us have seen firsthand is that you know education is hard Um, i I think we all remember school a bit but now having to be at home at least many of us with with our kids while they're doing school there's a whole new level of appreciation for, for sure it. yes and it is hard i, I agree <laughs> yeah so you know again we could have chosen many many charities but you know this is one that you know we thought for many reasons was a good one to support um i know it's not one that necessarily gets a lot of big headlines but you know clearly going forward particularly with you know uncertainty about you know, the summer and even the fall, um, supporting education made sense. And so, um, first book felt like a good one and, and we're excited to, to use that as, as one more piece of motivation to, to get people going for this race. I love it, man. Um, so you guys are there and sort of the epicenter of all things of this global pandemic, people think, um, how has it been like li- living in New York city? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. And, you know, to be totally honest, it's, it's one that I think we've all gotten from friends and family repeatedly over the last two months, because I think that for many of us, you know, even living in New York, the scenes that you see watching the local news every night is not necessarily what you see out your window. So, you know, I think there are pockets of the city. And certainly if you are a frontline worker, if you're someone that has to continue doing your job, um, it's been a battle and I think it's been a battle from the start. Um, but there are definitely pieces of the city that it, it's quiet. Although I will say, and, and this was something that someone in our running group mentioned to me, you know, through the first call month of kind of the pause period that we're in the kind of the lockdown, um, there was constant background noise of ambulance sirens and you just sort of got used to it. You didn't think twice about it. And I think one gauge of how the city has been doing is, is whether or not you have that, that constant background noise. And I can say that more recently, you still hear sirens, but it's not, not the constant that it used to be. Um, you're seeing more people out and about, socially distancing, wearing their masks. But um, there was a period where the city felt very, very quiet, um, particularly in Manhattan. A lot of people left. So um, it, it was kind of peaceful, but the fact that it was driven by this terrible virus makes it a little bit eerie. Um, but overall, you know, I think that, you know, New Yorkers persevere, you know, they're known for being tough, um, in more ways than one tough is probably, you know, a nice way of just saying mean, but, um, (laughs) 
when when bad things happen, you know, New Yorkers do rally together and, and make the best of what's out there. So I think that there's been a lot of that, a lot of support, a lot of people checking in on each other. And, you know, I, I think in calling optimist, but I feel like we'll come out of this hopefully better for some of the challenges we face, but you know, we certainly won't forget how, how difficult things have been. And certainly for those most impacted, it'll take some time to, to kind of process and move on with everything that's happened. Um, what, what are the streets looking like? I mean, I just, I, I, every time I go to New York and I love going to the New York city marathon, you know, the streets are bustling with people and it's just, that's part of the, the allure and the draw It's just so it, the, 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 is it the city that never sleeps? Is that, is that the cliche? Is that it? Um, you know, it, what, what are they like now? I, I would say that over the last maybe week or so to Greg's point, things are start, people are starting to wake up a little bit. I think or the city is starting to wake up a little bit about two months ago when we first went in, in lockdown, you could, head over to fifth Avenue in the middle of the day, which is usually completely bumper to bumper mm. and you could walk in the middle of the street and there was, there was nothing going on. So it's, it's not quite as, as quiet now as it was last month or two, but it still is not the usual hustle and bustle you would expect from New York city. And I think part of it also is everyone is, is trying to be really good at limiting the amount of times they're outside and what they do when they are outside. I know that, we have a, a CVS and a grocery store right downstairs from us. And we used to probably be in one of those two places nearly every other day between my wife and I, and now it's like a weekly trip. Mm. And so there's little things like that, that you, that people really cut out. Um, I also know that my wife and I have been cooking quite a bit more. So right. it's our, our grocery bill and we do, we do uh, some delivery food or, grocery delivery services which that's a, a whole a whole nother game of, of how you can get a slot for that but um, we've had some incredible grocery shopping bills um, but are at the same time our, our dining out and our delivery food is is way down and um, our other everyday spending is is pretty minimal at the moment so it's it's definitely a, an adjustment of life but I think for every stress that we have of trying to have kids in the in the apartment and that are there in school and my wife and I are working, I think we'll we'll come through this looking back and say, you know what, as much as it was very difficult and very stressful at the time, we really got to spend more time with the kids than we probably ever have or ever will yeah. um, in such a short amount of time. So it's been it's been pretty amazing. I have my, my older two daughters are approaching one's approaching 12, the other one's 10. Um, and then we have a baby that's one and just watching the two older girls, the way that they're interacting with their little sister and the way that they've been growing and shaping as human beings over the last two months and really embrace this challenge. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, and to Greg's point, I think we'll all come out of this stronger and better for it. So it's just trying to keep in mind the little things when, you know, when tempers get, get angered and, right. and people get frustrated because one person's trying to, be in a zoom classroom and the other person wants to play on their phone or watch tv so it's it's certainly been a challenge but it's one i think that we're, we're going to get through and you know eventually whether it's a month from now or five months from now life's going to get back to normal and um or whatever the new normal is and and we'll persevere i like we'll be better I, I, I like it. the i like the positivity I, I i'm curious just not being there i mean like I'm just envisioning you're going into your apartment complexes and, you know, there's lines for the elevators because you can only have so many certain amount of people 
Um, you talked about some of the positives. Are, are there things like that that are super annoying and life-changing that you've had to deal with? Give me maybe an example or two that you guys can think of that's maybe yeah, specific I, to New York. Yeah, I mean, specific to New York, I think, and this is a funny one, and then I'll let Greg add uh, an anecdote also. So our apartment, we have 1,300 square feet on a good day, and my two older girls share a bedroom. Um, the baby is in with my wife and I at the moment. <laughs> We were supposed to create a room for her around this time, and then this all happened, so that got pushed out. So we did some, at the very beginning of lockdown, did some creative reorganizing um, to create more workstations throughout the apartment. Um, So now there's really not a nook or cranny that doesn't have a desk and a a laptop on it. Right. And we have a, uh, in my daughter's room where I'm I'm actually sitting right now, we bought a bridge table, and during the day, one or two of them might be in here working. I afternoon or evening, if one of them has a, a Zoom karate class or a Zoom dance class or something like that, the, the table gets folded up and, and they do their, their class and then we put it back out for the next day of learning. So nice. it's, I think those are some of the, they're not, a, I mean, it is annoying to do it, but those are kind of, those are the things that when we look back years from now, we're going to remember that a bedroom was an office at times, <laughs> a classroom at times, right. and a dance studio at times. So it's... Great. That's a good. Um, that's a good example of a pivot. Anything that you could think of, Greg? Yeah, no. I, I, taking this from my daughter's bedroom as well, so I can I can relate to that. Um, that's become the quiet place that I go <laughs> when I look to to get out of the mayhem that's the rest of my apartment. Um, you know, I, so I I am lucky. I'm fortunate that I I live on the third floor of my apartment building, mm. so I tend to take the stairs. Stairs, nice. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely been some lineups for the elevator in my building. Uh, Michael alluded to it, but I, I would say the the biggest piece that you've seen and heard New Yorkers gripe about is, in some cases, getting groceries. So um, whether it's lines that stretch across city blocks to get into a Trader Joe's or constantly refreshing Fresh Direct every 10 minutes to see if you can get a slot. Um, <laughs> wow. in, the, in the early days of this, it was it was a bit of a challenge to... And I don't, I don't think people went hungry and the same way that people didn't run out of toilet paper as they were hoarding. Uh, right. But the, th- the, the threat of it felt real. And right. so I think people were concerned that I need to get this done. Um, and so those first, those first few weeks, there were definitely some, you know, thoughts about how do we best navigate getting to the grocery store? If you can only have so many people in there, how are we ever going to get another fresh direct delivery slot? Um, but again, and I'm sure this is true for everyone in the country who's been living in, you know, unprecedented times um as quickly as a problem arises it tends to go away and a new one comes up so you know as as weird as it is to think about those things like we haven't had any issues with groceries lately Um, yeah and so it it comes and goes but you know for for that three or four day period it was was really big news (laughs) yeah i think that everywhere is adjusting i just i think new york i just envisioning and it's this is a really cool look in for us who who don't live it every day like you guys. I just envision these issues being tenfold. Um, but that's uh, those are some good examples. Well, and, and New York is such a different style of living too, right? Like I feel like there's probably claustrophobia out the wazoo. Because so New Yorkers like have, everybody has a condo essentially, mm-hmm. right? And then everybody spends most of their time outside or building a building or walking or it's a very, very, very active city. So... I imagine that's been a challenge for for people just getting out and feeling comfortable getting out. 
Yeah, I can tell you that from a lot of my friends who live outside of the city or live in other places, they have a lot of sympathy because we don't have a back door to open up to let our kids run around. <laughs> and so it is it is tight sometimes in our apartment and we have ups and downs and even when it gets to the time of day when we're trying to go out for our daily walk or daily scoot um there are times when it's like pulling teeth to make that happen right um and so i there are certainly days when i wish that i had a a backyard (laughs) and i could just open it up sit out there and encourage yeah exactly yeah we've gotten really creative with our driveway yeah driveway. we don't don't really have we have a teeny teeny tiny little backyard enough that the dog can go out and and go to the bathroom but our driveway has become our play area yeah yeah Yeah, we got a little more creative also and in addition to the the zoom karate and zoom dance class um we also got a peloton which peloton had a uh, quite the long line to to get a delivery date so it was able to pull a few strings to get it moved up sooner and um between my wife and my two older daughters now there's that peloton's getting probably six or seven hours of, of use a day so it's um <laughs> nice. that, that that was one way to uh to get some energy out inside i've uh i've only done two classes so far because i'm still running you know six or seven days a week but that was you know that was a good way i think to get energy out and then also to, to Greg's point as well, when you do get outside for a for a, a family walk or something like that, it's not the type of walk that we used to have two months ago. Right Where now, it's you know if you do see a friend, you're having you know a six or ten feet away conversation with them. Um, you know, people are you're almost walking single file at times to make sure you're you're creating enough space for other people, so it it can add some stress to it as well. Um, so I think all of us are, are looking forward to hopefully when, you know, when we can go out and about and, and, and be able to, you know, to walk or have normal, right, right. Uh, normal approaches outside also. And, um, I think the one thing that, that my kids miss the most is actually just being able to hang out with their friends Yeah, and oh, yeah. My, my nearly 12 year old, I mean, I feel bad for her because, or for, for my kids, because they're used to seeing their friends all day, every day. And all of a sudden now they're just they're just over the computer doing it. And you know, she actually asked me if, if she could just go sit. There's a little public sitting area down the block from my apartment. And she asked if she could go meet a friend there and sit, you know, six to 10 feet away and just hang out for a couple hours over the weekend really as a way to, to socially connect without a screen. So it's something we need to think about and, and, you know, figure out if it, if that's safe or not. Oh. But, you know, I th- yeah, but that's, I think the biggest difference between being in a city versus in, you know, in a suburban area is in the suburbs, you can just go out and have a block party or, you know, everybody hang out on their front yard and at least you're interacting with other people. So that's, I think that's been a a big challenge here. Well, one thing that you guys have done to, to, to relieve stress or maybe gives you some continuity is going out for runs and you have been able to run there. Tell me, tell, tell us about the running in the city. Yeah, there's a lot of people running um unsurprisingly it's kind of the uh the way to get out and exercise um i would say and again this kind of echoes on some of the things we've said the the, you've seen more and more people out in the parks recently particularly as the weather's gotten nice um Mm -hmm. in the early days of the shutdown i actually tended to avoid the parks the parks weren't crowded but there was just sort of a, a enough sideways glances and whether it's you know walkers versus runners versus bikers and there's constantly that a bit of that conflict in new york city but it just kind of 
it felt like it was boiling over in the early days. So I actually stuck to a lot of the, the city streets and early on they were empty. You know, one of my go-to routes the first few weekends became straight down 6th Avenue and back up 5th Avenue. Wow. Just I never would they have were, thought of that. So yeah, you can just run in the streets. Yeah, it was. So I would Crazy. run the perimeter of Central Park and you'd get to 59th and 6th and 6th Avenue was a very wide avenue uh-huh. and it was just so inviting. Wow. Um, just big, Big tall building. It's like the New no York City Marathon, inside. like all the time exactly. with the roads closed. It's crazy. Yeah. So it was, it was fun to mix it up. So I did a lot of running on the streets. Huh. Um, you know, as things have, have come back, you know, you know, more and more people are, I would say most runners in New York City are wearing some sort of face cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been wearing old buffs that I've nice. accumulated from races through the years. So. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling better about getting back into the park and running the, the bridle paths there and the various park loops. But, um, you know, one of the best parts of the city is the parks. But at the same time, there are a lot of cool places to run that are just city streets. And because there are no cars, it really gave you an opportunity to explore. So, you know, we've seen a lot of our club members do creative things to, to make running work over That's the cool. last two months. That's cool. Yeah. I, I never thought about the running. Yeah, the, the running just through the streets, which is a, such a draw for the New York City Marathon. I mean, to be able to, you know, to run through those streets. Um, and this is just a, you know, an impossible question. I'm going to ask you the, b- both, though, anyway. Uh, is, the, is the New York City Marathon going to happen? It's such a just an amazing worldwide event. Can we, can we, can we please just have the New York City Marathon? I hope so. I, uh, I'll, I'll start. I'll let Michael jump in. You know, I think for for so many runners, but in particular New York City runners, the marathon is such a key piece of the year. Mm-hmm. Whether it's something you're training for and ultimately racing, or it's just a great day in the city. It's so fun to go out and cheer the runners on. It's there's just a buzz. If you're a runner, the buzz in the city that whole week is, is you know, you can feel it. People yeah. are excited. If you're out in the park, it's a who's who of professional running, not just people starting the race, but, you know, everyone, almost anyone in running is, is in town for that event. Exactly. Yeah. So if you go up to the reservoir, you're bound to see just packs of some of the greatest runners in the world, past and present. Um, and so, you know, losing it would be, it would be a big loss. Um, I think that, you know, again, we've had a cancellation in recent history. So after Sandy, the race was, was canceled. And, you know, that was tough. But, uh, you know, I think that was another example of ways that the running community and the city really banded together. Um, I think that, you know, there's as much as there's this excitement of thinking about getting back to normal life, I think there's also an appreciation that, you know, we have to do what's right for, you know, both the short, medium, and long term. And so, yeah, I won't make any predictions about whether the race happens or not. I'm, I'm signed up. I'm excited to toe the line, and yep. I certainly hope I have the opportunity. But you know, I'm I'm confident that whoever is making the decisions will make the right decisions for the right reasons. And you know, ultimately, whatever we get to race, and whenever we get to race, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So whether it's you know, hopefully this November, but if it's not, whenever we get to do it again, it'll just be that much sweeter. Well, um, the the uh, the in between, uh, you can run the connect the corridor. Um, you can sign up. We're, we're going to send out all the particulars here on Pace the Nation. Also, it's Central Park TC. Give the, stop what you're doing right now and give them a follow. The Central Park Track Club. Uh, it's Central Park Track Club Tracksmith now. 
Uh, so stop what you're doing. Central Park TC on Twitter and Instagram. Give them a follow. Um, and you can sign up for the Central or for the Connect the Corridor. Tell us about what. Tell us about the. Um, you, you, we've alluded to some of the sponsors. Uh, Tracksmith is a big partnership with. There's a big partnership with Central Park right now. Um, tell us about Tracksmith, and I, I want to ask Michael about Maven as well. Um, similarly with with Tracksmith, you know they're doing a lot of phenomenal things with the running community up in Boston. They've done some great things in New York when they've come down, uh, and I think that for us it, it just felt like a natural fit. You know they're. Their support is, you know, in many ways across the entire running community, but they also do quite a bit for kind of the the dedicated amateur. Um, and I feel like that is kind of a perfect um, description of what many of our members are. It embodies um, your guys, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, again, we're, we're, we're thrilled with, you know, between tracks and pacers and the feed, um, you know, obviously thrilled with what we're able to offer to our members, but, you know, it just it feels like a, a lot of great opportunities to, to do things like connect the corridor because, you know, ultimately, like I said, we have a shared vision and a lot of similar goals and, and that really leads to, you know, productive outcomes like this. So it's been great so far and we're, we're really looking forward to see how this race plays out. And hopefully that's just the first of many times we're all able to come together and support the running community and do cool things. No doubt, man. I totally agree. And Michael, finally, um, the, the virtual goodie bag and real quick uh, is, is, Brought to us by Maven. What's Maven? So um, Maven is a um, platform-based ecosystem designed to strengthen teams through collaboration, access to premium product services, and top-tier coaching. And so what that means in English is <laughs> we, are, we are looking to work with, with teams. So first, running, we're going to focus on running clubs because that's what we know. But we are looking to work with teams and enhance the team experience. And we want to work, allow teams the opportunity to have access to amazing partners such as Pacers, such as Feed, and make those connections between the running club or the team and these, these amazing partners. And then by doing so, further strengthen the team experience. And not only are we going to provide this opportunity for for exclusive offers and, and pre-sales and stuff like that through our products, through our partners. But we're also going to really put a full circle around what the runner and the team is. And what I mean by that is we're looking at opportunities to provide plug and play is not the right word for it, but CPTC Tracksmith has, is in a unique position and has had an amazing opportunity over the years, over nearly 50 years now to have, very thoughtful leadership under people like Greg, under coaches like Devin Martin and Tony Ruiz, and phenomenal leadership at the board level. And because we have that structure and we're this very well-oiled machine, we've been able to go out in the marketplace and get headline sponsors and partners. Mm -hmm. And we recognize that there are a lot of teams out there that either don't have the opportunity to do that or simply don't have the time to do that. And over the course of the fall and, and early winter, when we were in CPDC, was looking at what our 2020 and beyond vision was, I can tell you that between me, Greg, Evan, and a couple other people on the partnership committee, it was a tremendous amount of time to go out and, and solicit partners, go through the negotiations, so on and so forth. And it's for many people, it's volunteer work. You're not getting paid for you know, to do this for your, your athletic club or your team. And so what Maven is going to do is step in and do all of that work for the team. 
the website is mymaven.co. Um, awesome stuff. And we, we got to run, but that was, um, fantastic. Um, from, from you, Michael and, and, and Greg, and, uh, you know, this is just the start of our, our partnership with, with Central Park Track Club. Just thrilled to be a part of, of it with you guys. It's connect the corridor. Uh, we will tweet out and send out all the particulars on, on the race. Please, please sign up today. It's going to be a really fun next 15 days. And, um, I don't know. Uh, it, we will. We will. I think we'll finally figure out who the best runners are in Boston, New York, and DC. I think this is the actual. This is going to be the determiner. Uh, determiner of of who are the best. Um, so connect the corridor uh, is going to define it. So uh, thank you guys so much for uh, you guys making this thing happen. Yeah, absolutely, and and thank you so much for being an amazing partner of CPDC Tracksmith, and to all the listeners out there, look forward to, to digitally connecting with you and and seeing what you're you're able to do on uh, Connect the Corridor Race. So thank awesome. you so much. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the opportunity to uh, to talk with you all. Awesome. Here. Well, great stuff. That's Michael Bazin and Greg Cass from the Central Park Track Club Tracksmith. They join us here on Pace Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Michael Basin and Greg Cass for joining us. They are the Central Park Track Club. Really excited about the event that we are doing with them. The Connect the Corridor. We will finally decide, we will finally define who is the best runner in D.C., New York, or who is the best runner of D.C., New York, and Boston. And I like our chances. I thought we already knew that I was the best runner in that whole area. <laughs> Uh, now it's your moment to shine docs all there is is something for me to lose with this thing (laughs) right you already have the title yeah you don't need to defend it i'm the only one risking myself (laughs) doc sorry we could not have you on that call we we can't figure out the technology of three people on the line yes we can it's called whatsapp whatsapp all right we'll have to do that next time but um I, I know um, we wanted to get into a couple other topics, so let's jump right in. Um, Julie is the resident expert here on the NCAA uh, cross country and track and field. Uh, big news this week that Akron dropped their program. How does that make you feel? Big mistake. I agree. Totally it's big Akron's mistake. It's Akron's cross country team, too. It's not right. Akron's track and field team. Uh, Akron cross country, along with uh, men's golf and women's tennis. Um, they, they said they made an announcement a couple of weeks ago that they were going to have to trim a lot from the university and that athletics was going to be a part of it. Um, they are saying the AD is saying that football is going to take a hit too. Um, not in terms of, of canceling the program, but mm-hmm. sounds like they're going to have to trim on budgets and stuff like that. It's just, I mean, it's awful. Uh, I, we've, there's been some incredible, uh, middle distance and distance athletes, along with incredible like sprints that have come out of that university, it, it won't be touching. It sounds like track and field, but certainly when you limit a program down by taking away a piece of it, it's a less appealing program now. Um, I, I, I guess I'm just confused on what's happening in the state of Ohio because it's a, Akron's a public school. Um, so there's a number of public schools in Ohio. So I'm wondering, I don't have knowledge of this clearly, but 
I am wondering, you know, what's going on um, from a state budgetary standpoint or how much of it is public funding um, that's causing these massive cuts. And if it is mostly from public funding, then are we going to see other cuts at some other big universities? And, and, and yeah, I mean, how, do you, that's my that's my question. Do you fear this? Is, the, is this just the first of many cross-country programs that are going to be cut? Do I fear it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you had Cal State um, announce the other day that they're not coming back in the fall, that they'll be strictly online, and so there'll be no sports this fall. Um, you know, the the president of that university essentially said that, you know, they're taking the advice of uh, disease experts and uh, the medical field and scientists, and so they made this assumption, they made this decision I mean, in my opinion, it's way too early to make that kind of decision. Right. We've got months ahead of us in the summer. You know, as quickly as this thing came on, there's still so much that we're learning about it. Um, so I just think it's a little too soon to jump the gun. Um, you know, I'm at Georgetown, and there's a lot going on at the university right now. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about how to make up for lost revenue. There's an enormous amount of revenue that was um, expended this past spring by refunding students for meal plans and housing and all kinds of, of things on campus. And so we're really trying to come together as a community to find ways to save. And so people are taking pay cuts. There's voluntary furloughs. There's all kinds of things going on to try to save money, you know, to for, for what may happen this, this coming year. But... It just is really, really sad, big picture to see yeah. a program get cut, um, a great program right. to and get I cut. Just, that's just not the answer. I just don't believe cutting cross country and track. Obviously, we're biased. Yeah, that's just not the answer for these these universities. Yeah, and I don't really know how. You know, all I can say is what I know from personal experience, which is that you know, working with a place like Georgetown, it is such a family operation, and mm -hmm. it is so. It is a Jesuit university, so so the way that they look at things is very community-based, and so they're calling upon the university community to come forth and try to help with some of the funding. Um, I, I wonder if the University of, of, of Akron had tried that, um, if they were able to try to find other ways to save money. Um, it just seems so extreme when, when these are the ways they do it, and especially a cross-country program. It just doesn't cost that much. Yeah. Um, so if you're talking about it in terms of NCAA compliance, that's one thing, but cost-wise, getting rid of tennis and cross-country, I mean, these are low-budget programs. Really They're not super expensive to fund. Yeah. Um, so it's just a shame. There was a task team at UVA in the early 2000s that was looking to save money, and, and this this task team was together for, I don't know, uh, a year and a half. And they, their conclusion, they wanted to basically cut every single sport except for basketball and football and then have wow. like Title IX equivalents. And one of the the things that the, the, the professor, I think she was an English professor, she wrote something in, in their conclusion and she said something about the university is there for learning and they need to focus on the student, not the student athlete. And I wrote her a letter and I was like, you're cutting the wrong sport then because cross-country right. cross athletes, uh, I, I know when I was in school, we had like a bunch of academic All-Americans and all ACC honor roll. Yeah. I mean, these were yeah. like generally great students anyway i mean so and and that's 
generalizing, I understand, but uh, it, it, to me, it's it's a mistake to to cut running, to cut cross country. I don't like it. Do something else. Cut, come up with some sort of creative thing. I wonder if if the kids would be willing to to run if they were like, hey, there's going to be a an activity fee associated with with your being on the team. Seems like there could be more creative yeah. ways to to make it still happen. Well, I think um, that the three of us have spoken, so hopefully somebody in power is listening to this podcast. I think save cross country. We'll just forward it to them. <laughs> we'll, we'll tweet it at them. Well, I think since since uh, it's a public school in Ohio, I'm 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 guessing that the Ohio State Buckeye football team will be the next to to <laughs> face some penalties. <laughs> On on financial right. right, right. Yeah, it's Akron Akron men's tennis, Akron men's cross country, uh, Akron. No, sorry, women's tennis, cross yeah. country, golf, and then Ohio State football. Yeah, next, so. in yeah. <laughs> next in the. All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area. DC locations. Pacers running is for every run. Uh, we talked a little bit to Michael and Greg about our virtual fit process that is happening currently. Go to runpacers.com, get fit virtually. Also sponsored of this uh, fantastic program, Random Row Brewing. They are a brewery in Charlottesville uh, who now is delivering to the Washington, D.C. area, and you can go to coldcountrysalmon.com to order your random row beer today. My favorite, the Crown. Is that a Mexican beer? <laughs> yes, a Mexican light beer, yes, yes. I learned my lesson. Uh, what's your favorite, Docs? My favorite beer is a seasonal beer that they do, the, the Oktoberfest beer that they do in the fall. Nice. It's not available right now. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. All right, Docs. Um, so uh, we, we had to get an update on Survivor. Uh, we uh, It's well documented on this show that you should be on Survivor. You will eventually be on Survivor. Uh, you're the biggest Survivor fan out there. Uh, a couple things. Survivor, did was there a finale recently? And how close are you getting closer to being on the show? Oh man, two very good questions. Um, <laughs> first of all, I, I will throw out there: I'm not the biggest Survivor fan in the world, which is okay. Um, mm -hmm. I am a big fan, though. But there, there are people that that have like every uh, every statistic and everything that's ever happened memorized, and they know all the tribes. Like I watch it avidly, but I, I do not have the the recollection of. Uh, you know, who won season 32 or who got seventh place in that season. I, I don't know it to that level. So I, I don't mm -hmm. want to disrespect anybody who is like like a, a super fan. Um, but I do love it. I, I, I love the game so much. And, and this was the best season ever. They had all winners come back. And they the season finale was this week. And I guess with all of the pandemic stuff going on, that they were able to add some you know they, they got extra time onto the last two episodes so last week was two hours this week was a three-hour show and mm. it was awesome I, I like it didn't bother me at all to to sit down and watch a three-hour television program 
what else are you gonna what do? else you gotta do right yeah and it <laughs> right. it was great and I, I won't spoil anything but but the you know sometimes the the best players don't win or the most deserving people don't win because you get down towards the end and and you say well well that guy's gonna win if we take him to the end so let's just vote them out and uh in this case the i i think they had a deserving winner which makes for a good season uh, it was it was just it was just a hundred percent home run. I I did apply. They've been asking all season for uh, people to apply. I applied last month. Um, mm-hmm. They sent me a mail and said that they received my audition. Uh, and then I haven't heard from them since, which is which is mm. tremendously disappointing. Because, uh, but it, it also gives you some insight as to why I'm not married either. You know, like I can't, I can't find a <laughs> wife. I can't, I can't sell myself to Survivor. But I, I'm kind of hopeful. But at, at, in the finale, he said something about they're they're committed to having uh, a, a Survivor season filmed this summer somehow, so that they have a show in the fall. And then he was saying, if you're 16 years old. And and you have a parent that can play with you, uh, apply, which is weird because in the past, uh, eighteen has always been the limit. And also, I don't have a sixteen-year-old child, so this is going to hurt my chances <laughs> that doesn't of being help on the you. show. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So although I am, maybe I just wait until my nieces are sixteen and I pretend like they're my child. You can do that. Uh, I think that's smart. Um, I don't know if I don't know if my sister and brother-in-law will be okay with yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good point. They <laughs> they don't need to know. Uh, but you have been 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 up in your social media game, and that's got to be helping, right? Uh, you would think. I'd hope so. Um, it could mm-hmm. also hurt. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they already <laughs> knew how to wash their hands. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was that's true. Uh, it's William E. Docs uh, at William E. Docs on social media to uh, understand what he's talking about. Uh, but, uh, you, you did reach out to, and, and you connected with one of the survivor winners though. Oh this week yeah, on yeah that's true. Well, there, there's a guy, Tyson Apostle, who's, he's a four time player. He, he was on this season of the champions. He's hilarious. And he's one of my favorite survivors all time. And he is like, you talk about me upping my social media game. He puts me to shame and mm-hmm. he's got this thing right now where he has people submitting, uh, like he he does this so-called uh Instagram story show called Nature with Tyson, and mm-hmm. he he had been going out and capturing nature videos, and then he's like he's asked people, yeah, why don't you just submit stuff? So I I was running the, the other day, and I saw a deer on the trail, so I just did like a little bit for him, and he reposted it on his story, and like his his social media game is awesome because he interacts with people that that write it he has like thousands of followers and he responds to them i have seven followers and i won't write anybody back for six months (laughs) you know (laughs) so but but he's great and his sense of humor is is like you know registers a hundred percent on on my scale of things i find funny some people like absolutely hate him which i can relate to as well well, if anybody's got pull out there, uh, get William Docs on Survivor. It needs to happen. Uh, we'll continue to beat the drum here on Pace the Nation, but I feel like you're getting closer. Um, I hope and I'm so, glad man. You enjoyed, I'm glad you enjoyed the uh, finale. 
I, I hope I am getting close, and, and, and I will echo your sentiment. If anybody out there has any pull, I need it. <laughs> I need some help. Chris, I have a quick story for you, if, if you can indulge yes. me. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll like it, and, and I'll make it quick. I was working on my computer, and I got an email into my work inbox from my boss, and it mm-hmm. said, hey, can you chat on email real quick? And I'll, So I just wrote back real quick, yes. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder what this is about because he usually calls and didn't get a response. And I was like thinking, okay, maybe he has a customer that he wants me to be talking with and we're going to have like an email thread going on here. Um, Didn't hear from him. I'm starting to think like, okay, maybe this. And then I start going negative. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. Like we've run out of money, (laughs) the pandemic, you know, like all these negative thoughts. And then I get another email back from him and it says, hey, sorry, I can't call right now. Um, but I need you to run to the store and get me an eBay gift card. And I was like, well, that's weird, but I'm not getting fired. So I wrote back and I was like, yeah, I guess I could do that. And then after I I wrote that back and I was like, I was like, wait a minute. Uh, this is such a weird ask request. like, Like my first thought was like, okay, good. I'm not getting fired. My second thought was we had talked about having like a, a rewards, program for some people so maybe and i know he's out of the country he got stuck out of the country so he's i thought maybe he really does need me to go to the store to get something but it it took me a couple ticks on the clock before i even questioned this and then i like looked at the email and reread it and i was like the 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 sentencing is is not right and then I looked at the the return address. Even though it has his name in there, the return address is not his return address. And then I realized, oh, my God, this is a scammer. Somehow they are wow. people with his company. I don't know how they got my name. Maybe they guessed my address and and they got his name from you know the website or something like that. So I text him. I'm like, hey, are you asking me to go buy gift cards? He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is that is shocking. I, you would be the you're the most skeptical person I know. I'm shocked you almost got you almost well, got I mean, catfished like, or dude. When, when he was asking me to buy eBay gift cards, I started questioning it. In the meantime, yeah. he in the meantime he writes back or, or the scammer writes back and says they, they want me to buy six two hundred dollar uh, eBay gift cards. Please uh, use my personal credit card to make the purchase, and I will be reimbursed that afternoon. I was wow. like, "This is like, this is a bit of a, a a tall ask, you know." Like if he had said, "Get me a hundred dollar gift card," I might have actually fallen for it. But th- th- asking for six two hundred dollar gift cards, come on! Yeah, don't swing oh, so man. big. And also the the. Use your own personal uh, card. Like, that's so ridiculous. Yeah, come on. All right. Well, Docs, um, we want to close the show out. That actually wasn't the, the, the story we teased, although a good one. No, um, I have a – but just, just one more thing, Chris. Are, <laughs> yes. are, you, are you interested in buying a discounted $200 eBay gift card from me? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you 100 bucks for it. Yes. Uh, I should have asked if you actually went through and bought it. <laughs> Um, so docs, um, back in the day, uh, you fancied yourself a music musician. Is that correct? Oh, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I should have been. I should have been a rock star. All all the regrets yes. in my life. I do not understand how I how I how I'm not like a famous rock star. Right? I don't now. understand how you're. Yeah, how you're not on Survivor, the president of the United States, or a rock star. I can't. Yeah. I can't understand. Yeah. All you are is on this stinking podcast. Um, yes. But, yeah, exactly. Pace the nation, please. Pace the nation. But um, if you would indulge the audience, uh, I think everybody's looking for for content, new content now. I mean, if it wasn't a pandemic, I wouldn't suggest playing this. You want me but, to write a song? No, I want you to play the song that you played me the other day. Oh, uh, if you <laughs> that could, thing. Oh, okay. I want you to play this for the audience. Um, set it up real quick for us and then play it for us. Okay, but I, <laughs> to be fair, like, well, first of all, I'll say Farley's my biggest fan. So if I'm ever feeling down, I could just send Farley anything and he'll write me back and tell <laughs> me, true. like, he's like, oh, that is so good. That, that is so awesome. great. He he is the best guy to to ask for feedback for anything when you yes. when you're when you're feeling you know down or or insecure about something. Um, <laughs> yes. But the, I sent you this audio clip. I thought you would enjoy it. Uh, I I didn't think that it was gonna <laughs> be made public. Well, I loved fine. it so it's much. I fine. loved it so much. I'm putting you on the spot to play it for the audience. Yeah. Yes. But so what it was was like. I guess in uh, when I was in college, a friend of mine. Th- this is actually crazy. My grandparents took us on a cruise to Alaska before my fourth year of college, and one of my high school teammates, his parents took him on the same cruise. There was like mm. eight kids on the cruise, and one of them was one of my high school teammates. It was crazy the, the coincidence. But while we were up there, he he had his guitar, and we were like playing a lot of music. And so we we were just like out on the streets in Fairbanks, Alaska after the cruise that like the night before we're flying out and he's playing a song and I just made up some lyrics uh, and we just happened to have a video camera. So we recorded it. I had that tape. Somebody just gave me that tape and I saw that. So I I just uh, sent you the audio from that. It's like 45 seconds, but it's like it, it was like something you know, we didn't work on it or anything like that, but all right, that's fine. I still want this audio played. It's fine. I just, I just want to downplay the fact that it's not like a <laughs> studio version or, or we're talking about me being all a right. rock star. <laughs> Here we go. William docks with La Bamba. All right, great stuff, man. Now we can uh, play our regular music out. Um, solid. Let audience let us know what you think of that. Tweet us at William E. Docs. Tweet us at Pace the Nation. Let us know what you thought of his rendition of La Bamba. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, and if you if you didn't like it, make sure you tell Chris that you want to hear less of, of uh, <laughs> old Doc stuff. Not gonna happen. Any old Doc stuff is good to, in, in my book. All right, well, thank you to our guests today, Michael Basin and Greg Cass from the Central Park Track Club. We promoted 
the Connect the Corridor Run. Sign up for that today. The race has started, and you can compete for your city, Boston, New York, and D.C., all competing against each other. Connect the Corridor. All right, great stuff, Docs. Great stuff, Julie. I'm Chris Farley. This has been Pace the Nation. We will see you next week. From the Central Park, pra- Talk from much. the Central Park track, <laughs> I know. From the Central Park, <laughs> Central Chark. <laughs> I think we we're charking it. I, I think yeah. we got our outtake. Um, Break down that fourth wall, dude. Talking about outtakes, how meta. I know, totally. Um, well, if I had to rank those, I would say like most likely to be on Survivor. Then president yes. of the United States, then <laughs> right. rock stardom at this point. Right. right. But check well, with me tomorrow. I, I, that that list may I, change. I, I,